Hello and welcome to the Battleline Podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley, and here with me is my beautiful host, co-host in life, editor of Peer Magazine, Jamie Satterley. How are you doing today, Jamie? I'm doing fantastic. All right. We also have with us here today our co-host, producer, the one who makes the entire Battleline podcast run, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how is life treating you today? It is super wonderful. How's your life doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Life is good. No, <laughs> no snow on the ground anymore here in Virginia. Life is amazing. <laughs> Just wait. Yeah, wait, wait a couple hours. Around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Today's episode, we have our second interview with territorial youth leaders. We're so excited. We hope you uh, tuned in with us a couple of weeks ago with uh, Jay and Leslie Nags, who are the youth leaders for the eastern part of the United States. Uh, and we have with us today the um, super awesome Captain Mike Hanton and Captain A.J. Zimmerman, who are the territorial youth secretary and assistant territorial youth secretary of the Central Territory. Um, we're excited to talk to them about all the amazing things that are happening in youth ministry across the Central, um, but especially about this really great uh, new ministry they have called SA Gaming. So we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more uh, to see what's going on with millennials and Gen Zers living in the Midwest. So let's hop right in. Well, uh, Mike, AJ, we're going to call you Mike and AJ. I hope that's okay. We'll we'll call you captains if you want. But um, just first question here. Let, let the listeners get to know you. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, what's your responsibilities in the Central Territory? Now, I will follow up with this little B part of a question. A lot of our listeners don't live in the United States. So you might want to, too, if you don't mind telling us, what, what area does the Central Territory cover? And what are your responsibilities? Sure. Um, well, it's great to be with all of you. Um, can I just first off say that, like, you guys are really good at this and like if this is your part-time job, like you're you're doing excellent. But let sign this man up to come back every week. I right. love this guy. Hey. <laughs> Our hype man. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, we uh just before we get started, like I I think uh we really all appreciate um Peer Magazine and uh the connection that you have with all of our young people. So it's a great resource. Just want to plug that for you guys and uh we try to do our best here. Um, but uh, like like uh, Matt said, my name is Mike Hanton. Um, I'm the Territorial Youth Secretary for the Central Territory. And uh, my main responsibilities are to oversee um, all of the youth programming that takes place in the 11 mid Midwestern states. Um, so right now, we're, uh, we're in the, the dead of winter, and it's about 10 degrees out today. And there's about a foot, maybe a foot and a half of snow um, that we've been able to experience uh, over the past week. So um, that's pretty much the Midwest. Um, we are we are just in it. So, uh, but uh, that's that's really my responsibilities. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, I, I've been an officer for uh, I think close to eight years. Um, I have a beautiful wife uh, Kelly, who is the candidate secretary for our territory. And we have four beautiful children, four boys. We got uh, um, an 18-year-old, a seven, 15-year-old, uh, and two nine-year-olds. God blessed us with, uh, <laughs> with twins. So uh, they're all boys. So our, our house is very active, um, especially during COVID with homeschooling. Um, and, and my wife tells me to go to the office. That way she doesn't have to deal with five boys. But um, 
So it's a very active household, but uh, we enjoy our ministry as Salvation Army officers and uh, this opportunity um, that I have right now to serve the youth of our territory and uh, really um, try to make an impact, not just through program, but uh, really emphasizing the importance of relationships and intentional discipleship through each one of our young people in the territory. So it's a blessing to be here. Um, AJ loves it when I do this, but I love, I love to introduce <laughs> I AJ. I know it's coming. I yeah. know it's coming. I, I love to introduce AJ because um, my wife calls him my work wife. So there's, there's, only, there's only like two individuals I talk to every single day, and that's my wife and my work wife. So this dude, this guy is awesome to work with, um, and he's also a session mate of mine. We, we live hey, the all right. hallway at training college. Um, so cool. we have a we have a great working relationship. I love coming to work every day, working with this guy. But um, um, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Zimmerman. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my name is AJ, and um, I, I'm the assistant. So I'm Mike's assistant. I do whatever he tells me to do uh, with a smile. <laughs> and um, actually, fun fact: I actually work with both Mike and Kelly, so I'm both of their assistants. So, um, yeah, so I get the best of both worlds. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, and some of my responsibilities primarily um, do whatever Mike tells me to do. And uh, I handle all of the internships for our territory and uh, also work with um, a program that we have called the Good Soil Initiative, where we give funding to to CORE who uh, don't have money uh, and, and want to have a youth ministry at their CORE. Uh, and so we kind of work together, put a plan together, uh, provide funding uh, for a three for a three year period so that they can uh, so that youth ministry can happen at their core. Uh, so this is also exciting for both the young adult and also the kids because it provides jobs for young adults, but it also provides ministry for kids at that core. So it gives me really pumped and excited to be a part of that process uh, and, and also the recruitment process as well for for CFOT. So if anybody in your listeners Want to be officers? Hit me up. <laughs> you just have to go. You have to go to Chicago. And, yes. uh, there's a foot of snow on the ground. It's ten degrees, as I understand right now. That's right. That's the best part. <laughs> Don't let that stop you. That's right. <laughs> So, all right. So I know one of the big questions that's on everybody's mind this year is about camp ministry. Salvation Army has a rich history in camping ministry. Um, And, you know, as all of us youth people just love camp and what happens there. So we want to hear what is the funniest camp memory or maybe the funniest thing you've seen since you've been working with young people, like your favorite, favorite camp memory. Oh, I I feel like mine is inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> tell it. Now you gotta tell it. Now you gotta tell it. <laughs> we can always edit it out if we need to. <laughs> yeah, you might have to edit this one out. So sorry about this. Uh, so I, I actually, um, I, I was a camp counselor, head, head camp counselor, and also I worked at a um, at our territorial camp uh, as a volunteer. And th- there was this one time where uh, <laughs> I, um, I was on the phone with my brother. He was having a hard time. Um, girlfriend broke up with him and I'm on the phone trying to like calm him down. And um, I like go into my cabin. I have a seat on a bed. I'm listening to my brother talk. And all of a sudden I hear like footsteps like on top of me, like on like on top of the roof. And I was like, is somebody on the roof? <laughs> and, and I was like, no, that can't be. And then all of a sudden I hear somebody like, 
let's poop off the roof. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? And so, like, my brother is, like, on the phone in tears. And I'm like, look, I'm so sorry, but I got to go. <laughs> but the best part was, so at the uh, when we got together, I'm like I'm talking to my boys. I'm like I'm like yelling at them. I'm like I don't want to know who did it, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna find out, and you're gonna be in trouble. And this kid like raises his hand, and I'm like put your hand down. I'm talking. I'm just keep on lecturing them. He puts his hand back up, and I was like, what do you want? He's like, it was me. And then the cabin just explodes. They're laughing, <laughs> and I just like didn't know what to do. I was just like, this is just. This is crazy. Like, welcome to camp. <laughs> For real. So the question is, like, what? They just climbed the roof. They were just like, hey, let's get on the roof. I mean, that yeah, was it. Like, that was the extent of, let's go up like, there. Yeah, let's go on the roof. And then someone had the idea of, like, let's poop off the roof. <laughs> you know, when I'm on a roof, that's usually the last thing. <laughs> last You're thing that's on my mind. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, we might, we might, we might be editing. We know. <laughs> All right, and Mike, here you go, Mike. That's right. Mike, yeah, Mike. Let's, let's see if you can do one better. Or number, or let's see if you can do two better. Um, I, I, I don't know how to top that. Like, um, I think I don't know if it's necessarily. Like funny, funny, like pooping off of a roof, but <laughs> um, which I want to encourage you not to edit that. Like, keep that in there. <laughs> you want more viewers? You keep that in there. Listen, um, that's our teaser now. That's our teaser. Yeah, right. That's what's going to be on the gram. Right. Let's hear how AJ's kids pooped off the roof. <laughs> Check out the Battle Line podcast. <laughs> um, I I I had a moment where I failed as a DYS. Um. We, uh, mm. you know how they always institute like certain rules at camp and yeah, yeah. Um, certain kids think that they're exempt from it. Well, I, <laughs> I think I was like one of those DYSs who thought I was exempt from it, but we had, uh, we had a rule about <laughs> golf carts. We had a rule about mm. golf carts at camp that, um, that campers couldn't ride them. Obviously you got, you got that risk management component of it. <laughs> For um, sure. And, uh, but our, our, uh, our maintenance guys at camp, they um, and our camp director, they they would always brag about how fast their golf carts could go, like faster than others. And it was usually mine. They always gave me like the slowest one. And uh, so it was it was late one night, and uh, like I respected the rules and what the camp director like. We had a great partnership together. And uh, there was one night, and and like it was after a night meeting, and I, I was picking up my son who um, wasn't a camper at that specific camp. So, like, it was usually normal that my kids would ride on my golf cart if, it, if they weren't campers at that camp. But, um, so we're, we're, uh, we were in the midst of our oldest son learning how to drive. And so we were um, – <laughs> it was after a late-night meeting. We were heading back to our, our house at camp, and uh, I was like, hey, why don't you um, – why don't you drive? So I would let him drive periodically. Well, my second son, Cole, he was like um, 13 at the time. So nowhere close to driving yet. But I'm like, he could handle a golf cart. So, <laughs> Famous, Famous last, last words. Yeah. Yeah. So we were driving and I let him drive and he was doing really well. And I said, all right, 
I need you to I need you to turn around because we got to go back. Like someone called me on the the, the walkie talkie and we had to go address something. So this kid makes like a, a Yui, <laughs> but like it wasn't a complete U. And we ended up <laughs> like all I all I remember was you need to hit the brake. And I'll, I was like screaming like brake, brake, brake. <laughs> and he, we went down like this hill into like a bunch of pine trees. Mm. And all I kept on thinking was I all I had pictured was our camp director's face in my mind. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how do I genuinely tell our like I can't lie to him and say, I don't know. I just lost control of the golf cart and I went in the woods. Because <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to break the rules and and say, well, Cole was driving and ended up in the woods. So I I told Cole, I was like, all right, we're gonna put this in reverse and I'm gonna push it up the hill. And like we're gonna pretend like this never happened. So we're tell your to, mother. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I'm trying to, and it's not budging. Like this, the tires are spinning, and I'm like, I, we're not gonna be able to get this out. So I called one of my other buddies that was at camp, and I said, "Whatever you do, don't tell the camp director that we're doing this." But I said, "I need your help in pulling me out." And so right as I say that, the camp director's son is at the top of the hill going, hey, what's going on down there? And then suddenly <laughs> half of the camp, I kid you not, half of the camp was staring at their DYS stuck in the woods with the golf cart. And so, like, I had, to, I had to live in shame. But, like, our camp director was like, you really didn't feel comfortable enough coming to me with this? And I was like, no, I was scared to death. <laughs> I broke the rules. I broke the rules. <laughs> So oh, we were yes, we were able to to um, use that as a, a learning lesson or illustration <laughs> later on in the year. Right. Be sure your sins kids. will find you That's out. Right. That's right. <laughs> so it's not a poop That's story, awesome. but it's a story. So Matt used oh. to let our kids. He would take them mudding like on weekends off, and I know probably our poor camp director was like, "Why are you messing in our field?" But Matt would take the kids mudding in his golf cart. <laughs> so. Yeah. Funny enough, the next summer I was moved. <laughs> listen you're not living your best dys life if you're not right. you know shenanigans in the golf cart <laughs> i'm telling you that is like the best appointment ever is to be a divisional youth secretary absolutely sure. is listen I tried to, yeah i tried to tell the personnel director in the south listen my goal is to be a dys at every camp in the territory and i'll start all over again yeah. i'll be like 74 years old be a dys it'll be great but clearly they didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Mike and AJ, we, we brought you on here. Thanks for again for coming on. Thanks for uh, your camp memories. Um, this is funny stuff. Like youth ministry is the best. And one of the things that we brought you on today was because we wanted to talk about you guys in the central are doing an incredible, like, I mean, listen, listeners, the way that the central territory has, has, looked on the horizon and saw what was coming and adapted to it is amazing. We want to talk to you about uh, SA Gaming. Um, I don't know if you, uh, listeners, you out there, you know, uh, uh, Fortnite, Minecraft, Animal Crossing, like all these games, all these games can be played on the internet now. And uh, uh, Mike and AJ are, were instrumental of getting SA Gaming started. So that's going to be my question to you. Talk to us a little bit about that. How did this get started? Did it get started? Because it was like, was this because of the coronavirus that this stuff got started and like not, not only where did it get started, but where do you see it heading? What, what do you, what do you want to come from it for the future? Talk to us about SA gaming for those people out there who have no idea what it is I'm even talking about. Sure. Um, 
So SA Gaming uh, really came out of a conversation that um, two of our employees had. Um, we, we got a, a two great guys in Zane Kohler and Eric Himes, um, who's, who's unfortunately no longer with us. But we they came into me last February, and this is like pre-COVID. Like it was just an idea, and like Zane's a big gamer and. Um, had a really uh, a vision of trying to bring, um, like, how do we make this into a ministry? If majority of our youth are in this gaming world, um, how do we connect and how can we be the church to this kind of community? Um, so last February, like, we sat in a room and I think Eric and Zane, were, like, were just, um, they, they shared, like, cubicles here at THQ. And they they always had this conversation going back and forth, but, like, it never went anywhere. And so, like, they just came in and, like, um, Eric was infamous for having all of the, like, the paper post-it notes, like the big one um, across all of our, like, anytime we had a, an event or we would brainstorm, um, he would have all these big post-it. And it was, like, a big brainstorming session. And so I got done with one of our meetings one day and, like, he, they had, like, a whole wall full, like, totally covered. And they were, like, this is where we see this could be going. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, let's, let's do it. So we, we started planning it out a little bit and, uh, and then COVID hit. And, uh, like we were like, well, this is still something like we could, we could still be focusing on as, as we're all shut down in our homes and we're having all these, these meetings over zoom or teams. And so it, it just started to progress a little bit more of like what like having the vision come to life and um, and starting small. And really, like the first part was like coming up with the mission statement of like, what is this about? What are the outcomes that we want from this? And, and out of that came like forming a platform for youth to come to that creates a safe and positive environment for our youth, um, our gamers, if you want to call them, to come together and build community that's based on the foundation of Jesus. And um, we just wanted this to be a place for everyone, like multi cross generational, like whatever it looks like um, for those that have a relationship with Jesus, but also the opportunity to bring people to Jesus. And um, and and we've seen evidence of that over this past year that's been in existence. So um, it just started to develop. And we started with one game, which happened to be Fortnite. And at the beginning, like a lot were skeptical because they were like, the Salvation Army is promoting shooting games. Like, what? What is going on? Um, but like that community grew really quick, where we held like many, um, many tournaments and and brought them together. But um, I'm going to let AJ chime in on some stuff of his experience. But just one short story, really quick. Um, what what was evident through the pandemic, especially as like we led into like the months of May and June. Um, our, our kids had a hard time connecting with one another. And it, it really, um, we started to see that. We started hearing that from the field, talking to core officers. And they were like, you know, there's, they're Zoomed out. Or the, like they spend their whole day at school in these these virtual meetings. And, and those aren't really good. They're better now because the teachers have got a hold of it. But um, they're just really having a hard time connecting at the core and and just really um, feel isolated. And uh, to share a story really quick, um, there there was a, a young person that just moved to Chicago, 
um, from from outside the ter territory, actually. And um, they had only spent a couple of months at their new core, and they really didn't connect to very many people. And through the SA Gaming Ministry, um, they were able to connect more with kids at their core and develop relationships um, to where, like, that's their small group. That's their community, um, which which really opened the door for a relationship to happen. And now that they've started um, meeting in person or um, whatever that looks like, um, like, there's connection, there's relationship. And even with that, there were, there were some people at his core that um, were older adults, like older adults that were gamers, that they would have never have even known that they were gamers had they not joined that community. And now there's there's cross generational um, relationship going on, mentorship, where um, like they show up at the core and they're like, "Man, you really got me the other night in that tournament." Or like it just it was conversation starter, which has also led now to. Um, Hey, what's going on in your life? Well, let me pray over you on that. And so like those disciple, like that discipleship is starting to take place and starting to blossom. Um, so what, that's like the, the best part of it is um, you're, you're, you're taking kids where they're at and you're just creating intentional relationship. Right now, our Discord, our goal was to have um, 300 by October. And we're and now it's February. We're up. We're over five fifteen. Um, we got five hundred fifteen people as part of the Salvation Army Gaming Community, um, and uh, we. It's just been a blessing to see where um, there are there are people. I'm not going to say kids, just kids, but there are people from all over the world that have joined our Discord. Um, so we've got Salvationists from Canada, from New Zealand. I think there's a couple from South America um, and they're, they're all, and we've got at least about 30, 30 games that they can choose from. If, if like they're interested in, in Minecraft, they created this small little community where they can come together and they can just play Minecraft together or Fortnite or um, NBA live or Madden to 21. Like That's there's cool. just so That's many different areas that they can go. So it's been incredible. Yeah. AJ, as before you get jumping in there too, AJ, um, uh, there, you know, uh, for the older people listening, this isn't like the Salvation Army creating games. Like we're not, when people hear about this, they kind of right. assume, oh, this right. is like Bible adventures, right? Like help Moses find the 10 commandments. No, it's not, it's not that stuff. We saw, we played that for those of us who are old school, we played that on the Nintendo and it didn't go very well. So, um, but AJ, tell us, tell us a little bit about SA Gaming Q and then also, AJ, can you tell people, because again, you just said it, uh, Mike, like people can, you don't have to be in the central territory to jump in on SA Gaming. So AJ, will you tell people how they can join in if they want to as well? Yeah, uh, we have a Discord. Um, it's easier to find us on SalvationArmyGaming.com. Uh, you can just go online and you can have access to um, the Discord and, and all of that good stuff. Um, but like as Mike's, Mike was sharing, this idea was birthed um, before COVID actually. Uh, and actually, instead of COVID stopping it, COVID really was, it was actually really helpful for us because, yeah, because what happened, we realized is that a lot of the Salvation Army programming um, that we ha we have to offer, we expect the kids to come to us. And when COVID happened and the people couldn't come to us, we didn't really have much to offer. We had to find new ways to kind of get the gospel to them. We had to find new ways to do what we already do. 
But instead, um, this was getting the gospel to the gamer. It was it was meeting the kids where they already are. This is a space that not many denominations or not many churches um, dwell in, you know. And I think that that goes. I mean, there's a lot of people who are naysayers, but that goes into our history, you know. That you know, we we as the Salvation Army, we go into uncomfortable spaces and we create. Uh, we create light. We create these. Uh, we take down those footholds that the devil has had. Look at a- we got AJ preaching. We got AJ <laughs> preaching right now. <laughs> That's right. But um, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of um, you know, there's a, you know, I've, I've I've seen a lot of people who are like, eh, I'm not really sure about this, but I honestly believe that you know our kids are already on these spaces. A, a lot the gamer the gaming world is known for being like that toxic place, and if our kids are there. We need to have, we need to invade that space. We need to make sure that the kids have connections to other believers, other people who are like-minded, other people who are searching. And I think that having, you know, positive young adults or adults uh, invade that space, it's it's not a, it's not a bad thing. So I love as a parent, not, neither of my kids are um, into gaming at that level yet. I can definitely see my youngest getting there though. Um, But I, I love that you know, you're providing a safe place where they can come into these rooms and know, you know, you don't, the parents don't have to worry about what they're going to encounter there because there are monitors um, and things happening, safeguards in place to make sure that they're able to do this thing that they love in a safe way. Um, and so I, I love that. And again, it is, it is our mission in life to, to be where the people are. What good are we if we are, you know, preaching where they're not, you know, so we need to, I, to be where they are. There is like a I can, I do know like for the older generation there is a fear of people saying like oh we're we're handing out discipleship to robots no it's not that at all it's like what what this what you guys have done in the central territory is you have like AJ you just preached amazing I mean like we you've provide an entry point for the gospel we meet people on the level where they are we brought light you guys have brought light into dark places and once in a relationship is established, then discipleship and, and salvation and those conversations can be had. It's just excellent stuff, guys. Great job. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I love it. I, I get so excited about SA Gaming, just seeing it, a unique and creative ministry that's thriving. And that's a, the great thing. Like uh, COVID has done has done so much damage. That's undeniable. But it has also offered us um, gifts. And I think that if we you know, focus on one and not the other. We do God a disservice, you know, what he's doing, um, taking something so terrible um, and and finding beautiful things in it. Uh, and I think SA Gaming, you know, he he planted those seeds, you know, at the perfect time so that, you know, in something like this, he, you know, we say God, God moved ahead. Um, nothing is not a surprise to him. Um, and so, you know, it is just just to see something so beautiful come out of it. I think I love, I love hearing about SA gaming. Yeah. And what's great about it. I mean, we've, we've formed such a great community, um, especially amongst leaders and uh, where people, young people are stepping up and um, we've, we've provided the platform for our young people to give like the devotionals at some of our events. Um, And so like there's leadership development that's taking place within that as well. And then there's, um, there's just others that have stepped up that that wanna that wanna share the word. So we've we've had some officers and some local um, youth leaders that that have wanted to just um, share that with our young people. So like we haven't felt overburdened of man, we got to make this video this week, or 
we gotta we gotta make sure that like we're keeping track of this prayer room like the community itself is being community and and they are serving one another which is like you're like oh and and uh, jamie you talk about the blessings like it's kind of it's kind of weird to say the blessings of covid but like can there be blessings yes there can be blessings of covid because it, it's opened up a completely new world and and god um God has worked through it and, and it gives new meaning to like joy and suffering and just really um, like, that's what overtakes me when I, when I see the good things that God has done um, through his people and, and it's going to continue it and it can be bigger and better than we ever imagined because he's in it. So yeah, it, um, I love it's good. Yeah. I love that. I love like, you don't, you don't have to share the gospel. Like it doesn't have to look just like put on your uniform and stand in a pulpit. It can look like put on a gaming headset and, you know, turn on your jump on discord. Um, and, and that, you know, again, like you said, it's a discipleship and, um, just growing together in community. It's fantastic stuff. Um, I want to hear from you, like, in all of your work that you do now on the territorial level that you did in the divisions um, or even, you know, in the core working with young adults and teens and kids, what kind of is your biggest concern um, with this generation growing into um, kind of what God wants them to be? Um, I can go. Um, I, was, I was just, it's funny that this question was, I was just talking to someone about a young adult about this, um, this very same issue is that I really, what really freaks me out is like labels. Like people really want to belong and they really want to be a part of a group. And I don't think that they often like understand how toxic some of those identities and some of those labels really are. And, 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 I, and I feel like, you know, I really hope that in the future um, that our identity you know, that the young adult community and our teenagers identity is just solely rooted in Christ and nothing else, you know, because those other, you know, identities, I mean, even talking about like politics, even talking about gender identity and things like that, like when your life becomes wrapped up in just that, you know, it it becomes like this very like, you know, you you get kind of lumped in to what everybody else is doing, whether it's good or bad. And, and it's not, and it's not, it's not very healthy, you know, um, and it's very fragile as well. Like, you know, the community, if, if your community or your group that you identify with do something that is, uh, goes against your morals, then what does that say about you? Or, you know, how does that make you feel? Or are you lumped in with them? Or are you just as bad or just as good as they are? So I think that with Christ, you know, that with that, with that identity rooted in Christ, you don't have that. And, and I hope that more people kind of see that the freedom that is that is in Christ, and, and instead of looking at it as constricting, um, yeah. So that those are kind of the, some of the ideas that I've been thinking about because I, what I've noticed is that a lot of the young people, Gen Xers, and, and even millennials, I am a millennial myself. Uh, we thrive in in labels. We thrive in being a part of the group, a part of um, you know this, this this subculture. And in reality, sometimes that stuff can be so dangerous and so um you know difficult to kind of shed or 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 find your your true christian identity i think aj hit it though identity like i think that's that's majority what i see um i mean i've got i've got four boys and um a wide spectrum right nine years old to 18 
And I would say that even within that spectrum, all of them are trying to figure out their identity. Even, and I think it's getting younger and I don't know, I don't know what to put that on. Um, I, I think that, uh, the difference from my generation to the, the millennial generation is um, how vastly our world has become more influential through different avenues of social media, um, yeah. their access to information. Um, I mean, the fact that my nine-year-old is teaching me how to do a Zoom call yeah. <laughs> scares me to death because <laughs> what else can you do? And what, yeah. what access do you have? So, I mean, even, as, even as a parent, like as soon as we get uh, a new device, man, give me those parent controls. Like yeah. give me, yeah, for sure. I want to do as best I can as a, as a parent to protect my children from that worldly influence. And I mean, I think of, and this is, this is probably going to date, date me a little bit, but I remember when um, like you had the dial up internet. And like, <laughs> yeah, and then that long beep, and then yep. AOL guy goes, "Hello." Um, <laughs> like that was that was when like we thought pornography was bad, but yeah. like when you got access to that, it went rampant. Like it it amped up, and and now um, when we talk about our social media, um, and AJ alluded to this, like with the politics and the worldly influence, like, I, I have a feeling like I, and like, I'm guilty of this as well. And I have to check myself to say, um, Lord, help me keep in step with the spirit. Like, don't let these worldly influence, like, don't make, don't let me read something. And, and that's my, they're doing my thinking for me. Like, like, so like that, that's, um, that's what I'm seeing today. And like, even within myself as as, as I'm uh, getting older um, and I'm labeled as the old guy, um, like I, I have to check myself with that because, and, and do my research. And um, even, even with the Bible studies and the theology um, of like, what, what do I truly believe and who am I in Christ? Like, what is my identity and how do I fit into this? Um, and not, not how do I fit into the world, but, um, how does Christ fit in me in this, this outwardly influence that's, that's trying to penetrate and lead me to a different way. Um, and I, I, that's what scares me for our youth. That's, 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 that's concern for me. Um, it's, it's about community and intentional relationship, um, for, for communities that want to be in, do they just want to be as part of a fellowship and not, um, not to try and formulate my thoughts here. Are, uh, are, are they in it for the right reason? Are they coming together as the body of Christ to learn and grow and, and form their, their identity in Christ? Or is their identity as part of a music group? Is it part of a, um, a basketball program or is it part, or are, are we, um, being intentional in, in helping them grow? Um, I know that was kind of scattered, but like, those are the things that run through my mind as, as like, um, that, that's my concern, um, that, that what's their, what's their sphere of influence, um, 
is is it is it a body of believers that are helping each other grow or is it everything else that um satan likes to use to tempt us to go the other yeah. way but yeah listen i have there's so many things i have to be thankful for but one near the top of my list is that i did not grow up in the age of social media yeah. i think just the like you said the influence and the the temptation to have to live your life out in front of an audience and then to know what what is coming through those channels that's influencing it does it scares me half to death for my kids but i'm just so grateful that like i didn't have to go to junior high and high school yeah with <laughs> social social media it's funny because uh, when people ask you would you do high school all over again of course i would I would crush high school if I had to go back and do it. Right? Yeah, I get you, Cam Jamie. I mean, the biggest thing I had to worry about in middle school was pogs. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll explain when you're older, AJ. We'll explain when you're older. All they worry about is if my, uh, my jeans were rolled up the same way. <laughs> Mike, AJ, like, so we've talked about identity and we've talked about gaming. Like these are areas in the culture that can be used redemptively, but that the church sometimes shies away from. Is there anything else that you think about? Like that maybe you just deal with, like, what do you, what do you deal with? Is there anything you deal with that's unique to the Midwest mentality or anything that the church, um, you think just, you see in the world and you're like, man, we should be speaking into this and we're just not anything like that. Like speaking into it instead of like avoiding it. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, so I hate to be like the person that's like on here preaching. So you're listening. Uh, go ahead, preach. You're, AJ. you're a preacher. You're a preacher, man. I got you. You got to do it. But um, I don't know. I just feel like one thing that I personally value is like transparency, and I think that that's something that oftentimes, like the church. When I talk about the church, I mean like the establishment. Oftentimes, we feel like we can't be transparent. Like we can't like be real with people. We can't show our, our failures. Then people won't want to follow us. And like, I am like a super flawed person and I make mistakes all the time. And, um, and it, it, it does not, it does not like, I don't, I'm not afraid to show people that I mess up, that I'm a failure uh, in, in certain areas. And I, and I, I don't, I'm not competent in everything. And I think that sometimes like when, with our young people and even our young adults, when you go throughout your ministry and your life and people only see the positive things, the, the good things, the, the accolades that you have, and they don't see how difficult it was, some of the failures, some of the heartbreak that you experience, then they start to think to themselves, like, if how can I ever amount to that? How can I ever do that? How can I ever do ministry or be a part of that or do life? You know, when they don't see your failures, they need to see that when they mess up, when they fail, that's normal. You know, the, but the most important thing is that we have a, like a super amazing God that like picks you up and, and like dusts you off and says, like, I know you messed up, but like, I'm here with you. We're going to do this again together. And, and I think that that's like that's something I would lo love to see more, like more honesty from the pulpit when pastors are are talking about their experiences, you know, their, their sin, their, their struggles. Um, you know, like, I, I think that that's something that in, in my ministry, I feel like uh, I've, I, I, I'm not afraid. I'm not shy into like letting people into like my failures, but oftentimes other leaders are like, why are you telling them that? Like, they're going to think this, they're going to think that. And I'm like, but it's reality, you know, like this actually happens to me. And I really want to be, to be transparent and honest 
about some of the, you know, going on and, you know, when it comes to ministry. So that's something that I think that we really need to kind of get a, get a hold of because the, the generation that we are Gen Zers and also millennials, like that is something that they value. They, they, they respect, they, they need to hear it, you know, and, and a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, my leaders in the past, they have not been willing to share some of their struggles. And, and I, I think even me, I, I, I always feel weird about, you know, like sharing like, hey, yeah, um, so I uh, I sin too, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like um, according to the Bible, that, that, that happens, you know. Yeah, for sure. And that's why we have God. So, yeah. Thanks, AJ. Mike, how about you? you? Know, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jamie. No, no, go ahead. No, I was go ahead. We'll edit out my part. Go ahead, jump in there. No, I was just gonna say. I think like kids, they can smell uh, crap. They're crap yes, detectors. Crap. Speaking, yeah, like, right. crap spe- from, speaking of you know, poop off the roof, that's right. Right. They, you know, they can no, see no. it. <laughs> now you got to use it, man. Now you got to use it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they can just detect that, you know, from a mile away, and so you know, we, we might think we're fooling people, but we're not, and it you're right, it's absolutely important for us to be open and transparent so that they can see, like, this is the redemptive work of God. Do I have it right all the time? No, I do not. But probably not even most of the time. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, they, they value authenticity and they want real uh, realness in their leadership and in their relationships. So we only do, we only damage the potential when we don't allow that to happen. Yeah. I... I really don't have much to comment on this one because pretty much everything that AJ said was what was on my heart. Um, the word that comes to mind is, I mean, we talk about transparency. We talk about, um, what was the other word he used? Anyways, transparency, honesty. That was the other one he used. Um, for me, the word that sticks to me is vulnerability. Are, are, are you, uh, we as leaders... Um, but also encouraging other young people to be vulnerable enough um, as the body of Christ to support one another. Um, uh, and I, I think we can all attest that at some point we've seen some leaders that will not, well, that's not part of their DNA um, to be vulnerable enough. Like if I, if I share this with you, then that's a weakness and I, I think um, I think as the church itself, um, we're always good at airing everyone else's laundry. Oh, we're never oh. we're never uh, we're never bold enough to say I screwed up. Yeah, or We've gone from or, preaching to meddling, preaching yeah. to meddling, like they say in the south. <laughs> so and and Jamie is so right, like. This is that. That's one thing where I th- I'm excited about the next generation because they're bold enough to call you out on that. Yeah, yeah. they're bold enough. I don't know if they're bold enough to say it to your face. They're really good at saying it on social media. But, <laughs> but I will say this: they do have a point. Yeah, they do have a point, and it's and it's justified. And that's the if if we can if we can all be vulnerable enough and and. I was actually, it's, it's interesting that we're talking about this because I actually was talking to an officer um, yesterday about this and, and they're, they're in a new appointment and they were like, I just feel like I can't be myself. Like I can't be myself. And I'm like, why can't you? 
Like, and that, and that's something, and we, we talked a little bit deeper, obviously not for this conversation, but, <laughs> but that, it spoke to me though. Like, I was like, man, like as a leader, like you, they feel that they can't be vulnerable enough or to just be themselves um, for, for whatever, whether it's, it's for the appearance or um, I don't know. But I, I think uh, that is definitely something that I, I feel like within our church leadership of the overall church, um, whether it be an officer or a, a local leader. Um, I don't know if that's cultural or a generational, um, but, but at some point, um, if we are going to have intentional relationship with our young people and, and if the church is ever going to evolve, like we, we first need to look introspectively, um, at, at our relationship with Christ yeah. and then being vulnerable enough to share so our experience. So good. So good. Thanks guys. Last, 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 uh, last question here. And then we're going to hit you with their, our standard into the, into the podcast question, but youth ministry is hard and it just, it, you know, you think you can get so far ahead and then you see something, you know, on social media and it just makes you feel like you're starting again. But what's your story that keeps you going? What I mean by that is like, what, what have you experienced in your life or in your ministry with working with young people, young adults, teenagers, kids that you were just like, man, that was the moment where a kid got it. And that's the story that just keeps you going. Why you keep getting up every morning and going and tell people about Jesus and keep slugging it away um, at the darkness. What, what, what's your one story that keeps you going? Hmm. You want to, you want to go to the first one? The deep one. Um, I mean, there's countless stories in ministry, right? For sure. Like, for sure. Encounters. And I remember um, it was our first year of our first appointment. And um, I'm, I'm really bad with names, so I forget his name. It's really bad. Um, but it, it was a... Uh, He's probably extremely grateful that you forgot his name right now, whether right? it was a story you're about to tell. Probably. <laughs> Um, no, this was, this was a family that, um, like he would come, he would come to the core with his aunt, his, his uncle. Um, and he had, I think, I think it was four brothers and sisters who were all older. Um, and it wasn't a good home situation. And that's why the uncle would always bring him to, to the core. And, um, we were getting ready to go to camp. This is my core officer camp story. Um, I always, as a core officer, loved driving kids to camp. Because that's not only do you get to listen to their conversations, but that's when you had those intentional moments. Save that, man. With like, I like it was almost want you to like tweet that right now, Captain Mike. That's just good stuff. Um, but this, we were getting ready to go, and it was his first trip to camp. Um, and he came up to me and he said, Lieutenant Mike, he said, um, you know why today is such a great day? And I was like, because uh, you're going to camp? And he was like, no. He was like, well, I, I'm excited to go to camp, but that's not why I'm excited. And I'm like, well, why, why? He goes, this today was the first day ever in my life that I got to pack a suitcase. And uh, that was a life-changing moment for me because I was like, man, this kid doesn't even know what he's going to encounter this week at camp. Like that was, that was like a God moment for me of not only through the Avenue of the Salvation Army, but like 
that gave me the opportunity to have a conversation with him in the van to talk about what's his experience. And like, you really haven't gone anywhere before. Like that was his first, first vacation. That was his first, that was his first. And I was like, man. And all I kept on thinking about was, man, how many firsts are you going to have this week? For sure. For sure. And that, and that encounter of, of just the opportunity to hear about Jesus. Yeah. Like, and for me like that, that, that spoke volumes. And so like learning from a little kid of having like that childlike faith and, and just being able to every single time, like what keeps me going is every time I open up the word, having like, I picture that kid's face of like that, like, Lord, as I open your word this morning, what's, Lord, as I as I preach this Sunday morning, there might be it might be someone's first, but but use me as it's the first time ever, and let me experience that excitement and that That's joy. Awesome. Um, so yeah, cool. I, I think all of us would say on here that uh, I'm speaking for all five of us now, listeners, that like we are all big uh, believers in camp. Camp really does change lives, and just for kids to get out of their home life for a little bit is just incredible and just it does it changes eternities and changes place so aj how about you what's your story man um less sentimental good job mike i'm over here wiping a tear <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'll hug you after <laughs> i'll have my mask on i promise <laughs> um wait before you go aj hates hugs <laughs> so I always get a point to just come in his office and just hug him. Hear that? So, this I'm goes out. That in mind. This goes out to every human being in the Central Territory. When you right. see hey, when you see Captain uh, AJ, AJ, hug him. He loves it. <laughs> okay, so this is borderline abuse. Uh, <laughs> I love how we have to edit AJ's camp stories. Can I just say? <laughs> well, um, this might be another one you might have to edit. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, so I, I used to work at camp. My first time ever working at camp as well as a camp counselor. And um, I had a kid um, that was like, um, I just really didn't like the kid. Like he was pretty awful. Um, literally the whole camp. Like I, I actually contemplated quitting like like stopping doing ministry just because like I was having such a hard time with like this one kid. And I'll never forget in training, they told us like, hey, if like if the kid is giving you a hard time, ask them about their home life. And like if you ask them about their home life, you'll like you, you'll start to like open up and you'll start to see like the difficulties that they're having and, and they'll kind of they'll kind of soften your heart. And so I asked this kid, I was like, yo, hey, tell me about your home life. Like, is you, do you have a mom, dad? He's like, yeah, I have both. And I was like, oh, you're just terrible. So, and like, like halfway through the summer, like, and I kept getting this kid too. Like, uh, I was just like, oh, like, you know, he like hit a kid and like the DYS was like so gracious and so like Jesus and like, let's not send him home. Like, you know, just give him an opportunity for that last night to come to camp and, you know, and find Jesus. And, and I like sat at the, I sat there waiting for him to go to the altar and he never went. And I was just like, Oh Lord, like, just go, please go up there. I'm like, like you need Jesus. Like, you really, really need him. But, but he never, he never did it. He never did. 
And um, and I like literally I really struggle with that kid. I still I still remember it like even to this day, like every emotion that I felt, I wanted to quit and everything, but I didn't. You know, life went on. And, and as time moved on, I remember as an officer, I got a call from the camp director and he said, hey, like one of your campers, you know, he's a camp counselor. And he says that he's he became a camp counselor because of the way that you really like showed love and grace and mercy to him. And I was like, like, who is this camper? Like, I'm like so excited. I'm thinking like all of my favorite kids. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, it got to be this person or it has to be that person. And then um, he gets on FaceTime and it's that kid that I didn't like. <laughs> I was like, do you know I hated you? <laughs> but like it helped me, it helped me to understand like how difficult, to, how difficult ministry is. But like how like you may not see the good things, the, the seeds that that are being planted, but they are being planted. And and you may and you may think that you're not ministering to kids because, you know, maybe they're not maybe it's not they're not receiving it the way you think they should be receiving it. But they are receiving it. They are listening and they are watching your actions. And, and one thing that um, he said to me, he said, you know, I loved you because even I was a terrible, terrible human being, but you still loved me anyway. And I was just like, wow, like, I'm glad you got that out of, out of, out of my ass. <laughs> um, but it just really helped me. It helps me in my ministry to know that when things are not going the way that I plan it, that God still has a plan, that he's still working things out. He's still like using even even my frustrations for the for the glory of, of, of his name and his kingdom. So that kind of keeps me going. Excellent stuff, guys. Yeah. That's right. God can restore anything, right? Or, you know, turn it, turn it into good. Sometimes, sometimes we don't always see right with God's eyes, but we're like, you know, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right. So at the end of every episode, we ask this question, what is giving you joy right now? Um, and I always love these answers because sometimes sometimes they're you know quite surprising, and we always have a good laugh. Uh, but what what is giving you joy right now, Matt? You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. So I watched. Um, uh, shout out to IMDb TV. I think most of you have that free app there on your Fire Stick or whatever Roku. Um, I watched uh, the Fred Rogers documentary this past week. Won't you be my neighbor? Um, watched it for the first time. And I just, it just, I wasn't expecting much. I, I grew up a little later than Fred Rogers, uh, then, then, um, then the neighborhood. Um, so it just was, it just, uh, I totally lost track of the name. I'm gonna have to edit myself because Mr. I, well, Mr. Mr. Rogers, Rogers neighborhood. So, uh, I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> I, so I watched the, I watched the documentary and it was just, it was just great. I mean, just how he, he preached. The gospel. I know we're not trying to make these deeply spiritual, but he preached every single day. He got in front of the camera with kids, and he just never talked about Jesus at all. But he just gave kids an opportunity to look at life differently. And so I was just blown away. I recommend it for anybody. Won't you be my neighbor? Documentary, hour and a half. Knock it out. You can get it for free on IMDb TV. Good. Uh, let's see, AJ. What's giving you joy right now? I will have to say the snow. Hmm. Oh. I love, I love, love, love the snow. You know, I think people look better in the snow. Like they're all covered up. And, like, 
I love everything about it. I love I love just like the the way that it makes people come together, um, the way that it makes you kind of pause and I don't know. I just love everything about it. That's awesome. People look better <laughs> in the snow. Save that line too. <laughs> All right, Mike, what's giving you joy? What's giving me joy? Um, I would say two first round draft picks, a third round <laughs> draft pick, and a new quarterback for my Detroit Lions. Right. Mm. Nice. Are you happy with that? Are you happy with that Stafford golf trade? Sad to see my boy Stafford go, but I'm happy with the draft picks. It's a new a new day is dawning, my friends. <laughs> Do you have a hope? Like, who are you hoping they pick up? Anybody. <laughs> I'm telling you. I've only been alive. I've only been alive for 43 years. And I feel like the Detroit Lions are the Chicago Cubs. Like, it's going to be 100 years until they win something. But um, every year they give us hope. Every year they give us hope. And it's, it's just going to be a matter of uh, are they going to let you down again? <laughs> But it, they let us down different every single time. So that itself is entertaining, but we'll see where that goes. Great. All right, Elizabeth, what's giving you joy? I have been jamming to the 18s. If you oh, are my okay. gosh. What a throwback. <laughs> I love them. They give me so much energy, and I just bop all day. They haven't made anything new, have they? You're talking about like. Oh, my goodness, no. Yeah. Like the CE <laughs> from 2001. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh nice. you, Mike, AJ, are you guys, are you aware of the 18s? I have no. All right. So do you remember like, well, you wouldn't, people, the, our older listeners would know ABBA, right? The music group ABBA. Yeah. yeah. So the 18s are a complete ripoff of They, ABBA. they basically cover ABBA. Every They're song. an ABBA cover band. Like, wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like if you want, just after this is over, YouTube the Eighteens play one song and you will hear like the most two thousand one techno, like nice. it's techno version of ABBA. Elizabeth, so, which one's your favorite? Fun. Oh my goodness! Oh well, this is still so dancing tough. queen. Gonna go, You're gonna go dancing uh, queen. Okay, that was my initial response. That's like an ABBA song. I wanted like an Eighteens exclusive. Um, I like bouncing off the ceiling. Oh. Okay. Super um, trooper. Now I got <laughs> there you go. We knew it. <laughs> so, you have to be like in the right setting to listen to this, or is no. it like you just I go? Mean, probably don't let your kids hear it in the car. It's clean, the but they might make fun of you. Listen, this no. is yeah. They will make fun of you bad. This is I'm about to put like you. We talked about vulnerability. I'm about to put myself out here. So when I was dating my wife, we used to have to drive across West Texas to see one another, and there was a. There was a Dairy Queen in Seymour, Texas. No, Benjamin, Texas. That I knew that if I put in the 18 CD and press play as I took a left at the Dairy Queen, once the CD ended, I would be at uh, Jamie's house. So we, I used to listen to that. That's how I used to measure time. So I know I really just <laughs> aged myself by saying Dairy Queen driving <laughs> CD right. player. CDs. 18 and ABBA cover band. Oh my gosh, <laughs> man, good times. All right, Captain Jamie. What, you, you, oh, what, go ahead, Mike. What was the music group that you guys listened to when you're like? What was your main your main go to when you were teenagers? Oh, oh man, I was a Christian rock ska guy. So like, I was into okay. Five Iron Frenzy, Reliant K, Stellar Cart, the W's. Oh man, 
Those were the days. Terrible. That's when that's when music. music that's when music was music, let me tell you. <laughs> were you were you an insiders guy? Oh man, what a throwback, Mike. I love that. Yes. Preparatory, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Mike, what was your teenage vibe? Um this would embarrass my mother, but it, it was a really <laughs> She's not listening. She will. Trust me, she will. I love and your mom. With all of her friends in in the uh, the home league, um, <laughs> I think uh, my favorite band was Bare Naked Ladies. All right, it's bad. My, One way that was my favorite. <laughs> but I always told my mom, she was like, "What are you listening to?" And I was like, "BNL." <laughs> I've never seen Bare Naked Ladies. That's but. funny. That's so funny. <laughs> yes. How about AJ. you, AJ? What was your bop? Uh, I was. This was pre-Jesus. We ain't gonna talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Listen, I grew so I was in high school, kind of when like that whole boy band thing came around. I'm uh, taking to be a country music kid, and that's actually going to be my joy for the week. Uh, but I do remember like that whole NSYNC Backstreet Boy battle, and I was. Yeah. All the way. <laughs> Can I just tell you that NSYNC by far has the best Christmas album of any group. We talked about yes. that, did we? Mm-hmm. Elizabeth yeah. threw that. She says I her am Christmas with you. That is the best <laughs> Christmas album. That's my go-to Christmas album every year. You know a bop. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. We were going to say, uh, well, we could ask Elizabeth what her high school jam was, but she got a high school like two years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going on almost 10 years. Elizabeth, so, what was your so curious, most played? <laughs> My high school vibe? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It was Big Time Rush. Okay. <laughs> I loved BTR. I met them in concert. I went to all their concerts. Um, I was really cool in high school. All right, Kev, Jamie, you better, give us your, you better give us your joy thing so we can... Get out of here without yeah. anybody getting written so, up. <laughs> growing up, like, growing up in Texas, I was uh, a, a little bit of a country music fan. And today, the Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood released their cover of "Shallow" from "A Star Is Born," and I have been listening to it all morning. It is bringing me very much, very much joy. All the joy, Mister Garth and Trisha. The first couple of country music, I'm here for it. Again, uh, Captain Mike, Captain AJ, thank you guys for joining us on the podcast today. Again, SalvationArmyGaming.com. Check that out, SalvationArmyGaming.com. And then from there, you can get linked up with Discord and and all that good stuff. Or if you have other questions, feel free to uh, hit us up on Peer or hit us up on uh, uh, Central Territory or the national headquarters and we'll we'll try to get you the answer so uh, again mike aj thank you so much that's going to end this episode of the battle line podcast please subscribe to the battle line wherever you listen to podcasts don't forget to follow us on peer website at peermag.org or follow peer on the socials at peer.magazine and lastly don't forget about our sister podcast battle line for the kids fight for good for the seasoned people in life <laughs> check them out <laughs> Until next time. (laughs) Until next time. This has been the Battle Line Podcast. Bye, guys. Bye.